everybody welcome back to the one two kentucky blue podcast i'm your host coach john spurlock thank you so much for tuning in today my guests today are from uk we have on the line coach ryan DeVrent, which you all know and love from clemson we have ryan metzger who is the senior assistant strength and conditioning coach and then we also have stephanie mock from mississippi state who is the director of strength and conditioning of olympic sports thank you so much for joining us today guys thanks for having us should be a fun talk. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about our summer internship programs. Um, with everything that's going on with the coronavirus, we're going to have to make some adjustments to typically what we have done in the past. And I'm interested to hear everybody's perspective on ideas that you've thrown out there or ideas that your staff has come up with to uh, still have a productive and meaningful internship for your young strength coaches. Um, and I'm excited to hear uh, how you plan on tweaking things uh, because I know at Kentucky, it's, there's a slight chance we might have a few athletes on campus, but more than likely, we're not going to have anybody on campus for the months of May, June, and July. Um, but to start it off, and I'll start with Coach D, kind of talk through what our internship has uh, been like um, in the past. And um, Metzger, you can even hop on because you were one of our former interns back in 2011, I think. Yeah, 2011, I started there. So it's been a while. So it will be good <laughs> to hear even like what we did nine years ago to what we did this past summer. But D, go ahead and start it off with what our 2019 internship looked like. Um, so we, last year we had eight interns that we brought in um, for the summer. Uh, we usually bring them in the week, uh, two weeks prior to our summer starting. So say that that started June 12th. We brought them in two weeks prior to start our orientation process. Um, we took them through a, a week-long orientation process that included, you know, lifting orientation, speed and agility orientation, um, you know, learning how to do our coach teach program, um, going through seminars, lectures of understanding our programming projects for the entire summer. After we get through the, the entire orientation process for that week, uh, they get a week off to kind of explore the, the city of Lexington um, before we start our, you know, our long summer for seven to eight weeks. Once we get um, into the summer, they've been given duties, our interns. Um, off of those duties, uh, they're assigned to teams, assigned to coaches. Um, you know, when we get to our program of projects, they're assigned to, a, you know, a, a person that's a full-time or a GA um, to kind of be their point person to go to for the programming projects. Uh, we would develop our plan for our leadership talks throughout the, the entire summer. Um, and, you know, based off the summer, a lot of it is a lot of on, on the floor coaching. Um, they get kind of thrown into the fire uh, day one, um, but it's good for them because they learn that way, you know, and, and that's one thing that in the past that our interns have learned a ton prior going, prior to going into the, the fall. Um, we usually choose three to four interns to stay on with us for the fall and the spring um, that we're able to choose based off of the summer. Well, with now that changing um, this year, you know, how, how is that gonna look? You know, that's something that we've talked about as a staff. 
is how do you choose three or four, you know, interns off of a virtual call? Um, so just kind of, that's kind of a brief rundown of our program and what we've done in the past um, that we've enjoyed doing. I think that's a really good point that D made is um, out of the eight interns we have in the summer, typically we're able to keep three to five of them on staff and then pay them for the entire academic year to further de their development. And then it really helps out having numbers on our staff when it comes to us trying to be in two places at once. But let's go to Coach Mock next. What is the internship or what did it look like at uh, Mississippi State before this pandemic? Yeah, so I'm really lucky. Uh, my two assistants on staff, Trey North and Aaron Duval. Um, similar to you guys set up, we do have like paid intern positions. So my one assistant, Trey North, is over the, the paid interns. And then my other assistant, Aaron Duval, is over the unpaid interns. And with this summer, it's usually 12 weeks for us. And we lay it out that each week um, they have different themes of learning. Um, so we start with just like, of course, week one, like intros and then going over our assessment process. Uh, so they're able to, as our athletes come in summer too, to jump right in and help out with all the assessment pieces that we go through. Um, and then just we do a brief overview of all the technology that we utilize and we take them through like all the checklists of how to set everything up. Um, so they become self-sufficient and then we roll into um, some of the periodization and, and introducing their big project for the summer on their annual plan. And with that, we assign them all different sports. Um, so they have to look at energy system development, um, common injuries that you'll see within the sport, um, what assessment and testing they'll want to do with their sports. So they'll do two different presentations with that. Um, so they actually get the experience of programming for a team because usually they don't have that experience. Um, and then we'll introduce some different programming uh, techniques like 531 tier um, and showing them some of the different Mulatin resources, top down, bottom up approach. And then from that, we'll kind of work into more of like the speed and conditioning aspect. So energy system development, max aerobic speed. Um, and then from there, more of like a, a change of direction plyo. Um, so we'll start to look at like lead tasks, change of direction pieces. And then um, Elon, I think Nick DeMarco does a really good job with uh, how he bleeds in his change of direction. And we'll have him listen to a few different resources, podcasts, et cetera. And then um, from there, we like give them the resources of what our playbooks are. Um, we really try to work with our program at Mississippi State, a centralized playbook of what our speed development um, change of direction, exercise library, so they can take that, add that to their um, coursework as they leave and apply where they see fit as they go on to their next university. So we really try to give them resources that they can take with them. Uh, then we uh, have Trey North meet with them um, and go over FRC because he's certified. Um, along with myself, I'll meet with them too to go over some of my programming for my teams. Uh, we really want them to get exposed not only to Coach Duval, that's over the unpaid interns, but build relationships with, within the, the rest of the full-time staff. And then um, from that, we'll work on uh, more of the professional development piece of them recording videos of themselves, getting ready to interview for that next spot wherever they're going. Um, and then they'll present on their final projects. So we're really working to, um, I've, going on, I've been at Mississippi State going on two years in July. So uh, really building out, we've built a new weight room. Um, I've built out the staff, added positions. Now we're building on uh, creating relationships within the rest of the performance department. So we take turns of like nutrition will, um, their interns will present to us, whether it's like this past um, semester, it was like keto diets um, and things like that. And the last questions that we have our interns also present to their performance departments, athletic training, um, nutrition. So I think it's a great way to build relationships and also like show that it's a, a holistic approach.
So. That's awesome. And I know you haven't been at Mississippi State, what you said, two years now? Going on, yeah, in so July, go, going on two years. So you've done a lot in that short period of time. And I don't know if you said it or not, how many interns do you typically bring in during the summer? Yeah, so when I got to Mississippi State, there really weren't, it was a very small um, group of unpaid interns. We had like one or two whenever I took over the director spot there when I got there in the summer. Um, and now we built it out to, we usually take five or six and that's more of just like a space consideration, um, the middle office. And then we do take, we work heavily with our engineering department. We take on about three athlete engineering students. So they do all our data and analytics pieces. So yeah, adding them in, it's like eight interns. So we try to keep it at that. Um, because we want to do a high-level job and have high intent behind it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mets, we're going to you. Um, kind of the same thing with Coach Mock. You haven't been at Clemson that long, and I know one of your responsibilities is uh, being the internship coordinator. So with your limited time um, at Clemson, what, what, what has the internship looked like since you've been there and what you know has been done in the previous years? Yeah, so like you said, I – um, got my position at Clemson in June of this past year, so it hasn't even been a full year yet. Um, and the person that had left was the intern director. So when I got there, that was kind of the role that I fit into. And from what I understand, the internship was being um, kind of redone as far as the content that they were putting together. And so it was really a staff effort into putting together a new internship curriculum. And basically when I stepped in, they had already selected their interns for the summer. They were already there. They were already going through the curriculum. So kind of like what Coach D said, they do bring in interns before the semester begins or before summer classes start. So I think we usually go about a week or so beforehand just so that we can get them acquainted with the weight room, with ourselves, any athletes that might be around and really kind of start rolling through the curriculum. So like I said, they were already there when I got there. Um, so our internship curriculum has been really a staff effort. We have five main components that we go through as far as like big blocks that we like to hit. And so we do a strength portion and energy system development, a movement portion, um, injury mitigation and diagnostics. And then we do a leadership part that is like woven throughout the semester. So that's not really kind of its own block. Um, for the strength stuff, we have our interns go through a coaching certification, so our main six strength movements or lifts that we may have with our athletes. We want to make sure that all of our interns can correctly cue it, demonstrate it, um, give progressions and regressions, just so that we are comfortable with them on the floor before we kind of let them loose. So until they're able to pass all six of those lifting movements, um, they just observe. And we do not put them with specific coaches or specific teams. And so honestly, they just get a lot of time on the floor with all of the athletes to begin with. And it's a really good time for us, just like Coach Mock said, like we have a ton of technology. So it's really good for them to get exposure to the technology piece, even if they're not getting the practical coaching part of it just yet. Um, our internship curriculum really is a staff effort, like I said. So I'm really just the person that is kind of keeping everybody on a timeline. Um, giving the interns any kind of assignments that we may have, any details with stuff. They obviously come to me with questions, but really it's, you know, I'll tackle a certain part of it. And then, you know, we've got Tommy Evans on staff, who's really great with all of the sports science stuff. And so he hits all of the diagnostic and injury stuff. And 
Um, Rick does so much research and he's always got research projects. So he'll head a lot of the projects that he gives them. And then obviously our GAs and our other full-time staff uh, do their best that they can to answer any questions or things like that. Um, just kind of like what Steph said too, we've got a bunch of projects. So at the end of our strength portion, like they have a resistance training program that they have to put together and we give them scenarios and same thing with energy system development. And at the end, they do a comprehensive, almost CSCCA style program. So we give them a scenario and they have to present it to us like they would at the CSCCA so that we're getting them prepared for that certification. Um, but beyond that, I mean, I think that's really kind of what our uh, curriculum entails. What are the, I really like the idea of them having to, you kind of dubbed it as a certification, like knowing the main movements. What are those main movements? Yeah. So the main movements that we have, we have six of them. Let me see if I can rattle them off. Um, we do back squat, front squat, bench press, split squat, power clean, and trap bar deadlift. Awesome. Love it. Good stuff. So that kind of lays the foundation of what uh, our universities have done in the past. But obviously now we're in an, and I, it's been said a thousand times, and I'm sorry, I'm going to say it again. It's an unprecedented time. Um, so you obviously, uh, Coach D and I have had several conversations on what our internship program is going to look like moving into the summer 2020. Uh, we have six young strength coaches that we're going to be on uh, on staff with us. And those of you listening to a podcast, you can't hear me, but I'm doing air quotes because everything is going to be done remotely. Because just like I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, more than likely, we're not going to have any student athletes on campus. And right now, um, us as strength coaches, we're not even on campus. Everything that we're doing is, is re remotely from our homes. Um, so we're trying to plan for that. Um, and we're, I think we have a good foundation laid out and I'll let coach D touch on that, but, um, I kind of want everybody to kind of go back and forth. So if D says something that, you know, sparks a question with you, Metzger, don't hesitate to, to follow up on it, but coach D, why don't you just give a, a brief rundown of what we talked about for our summer 2020 internship. So again, like I had said previously, you know, our orientation starting, uh, it was supposed to start June 9th, um, but I think we've talked about as a staff and what we've talked about is just starting that June 8th on that Monday and going a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday plan where we still have, you know, Friday free and then the weekend free just because of the work that we're trying to put in. We're trying to designate a time as a staff. I think we're going to have that kind of concrete maybe 9 to 11 uh, for our development piece with all of our interns. Um, and then we wanted to do a breakdown, you know, each day on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So Monday, more looking of like, you know, having a staff meeting and then doing like our, um, our orientation process and having a coaching opportunity. Um, and, and there's a couple people on staff that have barbells at their, their houses. So uh, we talked about, you know, being on Zoom, one of those coaches going through like an orientation process. And then if there's any questions, you know, we can have some Q&A during that time. Um, and that's kind of how we would break down our, our coaching time. And then after all that, we would have a discussion on, you know, what are the questions that you had and what you learned today during the orientation process. Um, Tuesday, we're looking at doing some of our programming projects. Um, and we try to break that down into two days of maybe doing that Tuesday and Thursday. So we, we, we can spend a little bit more time on, you know, the program template. Um, you know, energy system development and what you guys had talked about earlier. Um, and then, you know, 
on that Tuesday as well, having our leadership talks. Yet that usually takes about 45 minutes um, for us to go through all of those. And there's different topics, like Metzger had said, um, that is kind of a rundown for our entire year. And we try to mimic on what our, our leadership, um, you know, directors are doing for us as a, st- a full-time staff and mimicking that and putting it into our internship uh, curriculum. Um, and then we try to do at the end of the day on Tuesday is setting up our staff competitions. Usually in the summer, we have competitions for all of our student athletes. Uh, and we usually do that as a staff. So we will go through a lot of discussion and the standards that we want to set. We still want to keep those, um, those competitions for the summer, but it's just going to be virtual for, you know, ourselves and then to put out there for our student athletes if they want to follow along. Um, Wednesday would be more of, again, a a coaching and orientation process uh, for us. Uh, We would go through our coach teach sessions that usually last, um, for four weeks, but we're going to make it a little bit longer and extend that out to, to get more into bump lectures. That's one thing that we've struggled with this past year is um, our interns and, and knowing the, the right time to bump our student athletes and, and not, you know, the right time to bump our athletes. Um, we, we wanted to do staff presentations on that day as well. Uh, for our staff presentations, uh, we wanted, if we went through like our plyo progression, we wanted to go more through an advanced plyo progression and get more into um, an advanced talk for our staff presentations. So that would be like 20 to 30 minutes for our full-time staff or GAs. Um, and then the last thing that we had was on Thursdays, uh, you know, we were going to do our programming uh, projects again, have our, you know, discussions off of that, talk through some scenarios with our, our interns. Um, have topic talks, which we prepared them, you know, in the month of May, they have to give us our, their topic talks in the month of May, we break it down as a full time staff, if they feel comfortable with those topic talks, then they can present on those Thursdays for us. Um, and then the last thing that we put in there was our book club uh, is our staff reading a different book and then bringing the discussion, you know, each week on, you know, if you read a chapter last week, what did you take away from that chapter that you read? Instead of just a whole staff reading one book, we have a breakdown of our entire staff and the different books that they're reading. Um, I think with that, and one thing I expressed uh, to Dee and the rest of the staff is during our summer, we put so much time and energy into our, our summer interns. So typically we get there at five in the morning, First group starts at 6 a.m. Typically, we're coaching student athletes until 11 a.m. And then from 11 to 2, that's when we really dive into our our, um, internship development, their curriculum. And by the time 2 o'clock rolls around, we're wiped out. So we might get a workout, and then it's a slower time for us in the weight room. So we get out of there. And, you know, as we reflected back over the summer, it's like, man, we don't spend much time on developing ourselves and developing each other because um, we try to spill so much into our summer intern. So we are going to do that this year. We're going to definitely make time to do something like Dee said, have a, have a book, book club and uh, um, presentations that our full-time staff are going to give uh, that might be at more of an advanced level. That might be a little over our summer intern's head, but uh, we're going to get better as a staff this summer. Um, the one thing I have been doing a ton of and, you know, groups like uh, USAW and then Bergner Strength with Mike Bergner runs, they've moved all of their uh, certifications online. So I've just been shooting emails out, seeing what they're doing on social media, because my biggest concern is as we move into the fall semester, 
and we have these young coaches that we need to be able to coach on the floor to assist us so we can do what we need to do. Um, how can we get that done? So Metzger, I'll go to you next. What are some of the things you guys have talked about at Clemson? Yeah, so we have interns that have already signed leases for places in Clemson. And so like, it's tough because we're not sure what to do with them. So we don't have as structured of a curriculum that you guys have put together. I think ideally um, we're calling it a little bit of a win in that academics, even if they are um, all online, they have uncoupled from athletics, meaning that even though all of our classes are online, that doesn't mean that our athletes are not allowed to be here. So we're hopeful that we do get athletes come summer two, which is in June for us, toward the end of June, I believe, middle of the end of June. And so our thought process is that we can still do a lot of our curriculum online and do the Zoom stuff that you guys are doing and really kind of have that all thought out. But our hope is that since we can potentially have athletes here, we can also potentially bring in those interns and so that they can still get the practical side of stuff because it would just be rough for them to come here and not even get to be part of everything. That was one thing I didn't even think about until we talked with our uh, summer intern group uh, about three weeks ago where they, I hadn't even thought about them signing leases and they're like, well, should we still be looking for a place? I'm like, no, no, please don't. Um, but that, I mean, with everything that's going on, there's going to be things that, you know, obviously I didn't think of that um, to communicate that with them. So, uh, so yeah. Something that I do, and this is what I learned from the previous intern director that was here, is that as we get closer to the semester starting or whatever it may be, because our interns would have come here in May. So well before May, I contact all of them and give them a list of questions and then tell them what to expect. So I ask them, um, have you contacted the other interns? Have you found a place to live? Is this financially still going to be feasible for you? What are your clothing sizes, like be on the lookout for background check paperwork. Like I just gave them a huge checklist of things so that I can constantly stay in contact with them. But I think that's also why I had the heads up on that is because I'm constantly asking, where are we at in the process? How are you getting here? Um, and so, like I said, they've been super proactive, which I would normally love, but they were the ones contacting me like, Hey, we found a place to live. And I'm like, Oh God, hold off. <laughs> like, um, so, like I said, our hope is that we can do some things online, virtual, and that potentially come summer too, we can get them in for a practical side of it. I've talked to a few other strength coaches, and their thought is that they potentially will do everything online and then offer a spot for the fall so that those interns can get the practical experience as well. So, but I think that that's our plan. Um, like I said, it's not as structured as you guys because we're hoping for something maybe a little different. Yeah, and like D listed out all the things we talked about and it, it might seem structured and we're trying to be as structured as we can, but it's uh, um, everything's still, um, nothing's set in stone. Everything's kind of up for um, the possibility to be changed just because these, you know, next week circumstances might change. And just like you said, we're hoping that we might have a few athletes on campus, but that kind of is out of our hands and, you know, we're almost preparing for the worst case scenario. Um, but coach mock at Mississippi state, what have you guys talked about? What's, what's in the works there? 
Yeah, so talking with our interns, they usually come in like mid-May, um, and similar to you guys at Kentucky, like we've planned for it to be all online. Um, and just talking with them, we have six unpaid interns coming in, and I have to give all credit to Aaron Duval, my assistant that's over the unpaid interns, for doing a, a great job of staying on top of communicating with all of them through this crazy time. But uh, talking with them, some of them are planning to get some part-time jobs in the summer, just with like situations occurring. So we asked them what would be realistic to do from a meeting standpoint, um, how many days a week. So we got feedback from all of them, and we're planning to do three days a week of meeting. Um, and with that, we're just going to go Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And Monday, I would like to, I was talking with the staff, I want them to be included in our full-time staff meetings so from a professional development standpoint, so they can see how that is ran. So like my expectations of my staff are to bring ideas to the table when I'm asking different questions on different ideas of how we can uh, develop the program so they can get that professional development and building more of a relationship with myself as the director uh, just because they do spend so much time with the assistants, I want them to get to know me as a person too. Um, so Monday, uh, what we did, usually like every semester we sit down as a staff and with the unpaid interns and we develop um, some different goals for the group. So it creates unity so and accountability too. So for example, last semester, and we'll carry this over into the summer goals, uh, we do a conference call each month so they can um, build their network out. Uh, and then also we do a staff continue education uh, every Monday. So last semester we worked through the valued course with Brett Bartholomew. So we'll work through that, um, talk for like 20 minutes afterwards, kind of debrief on that. And then the third one is just, um, I don't like to micromanage as a director. So I create like similar to you guys, accountability partners within the staff that everybody touches base and calls one another once a week to see what they're reading and holding them accountable for continuing education because that's one of our core values for our program here. So Monday, we're um, delegating to uh, professional development. So they'll meet with us as a staff and then meet with Coach Duval after to talk through. Uh, they'll do video presentations. So since we actually can't get in the weight room to do the movements, they'll videotape themselves doing the movements, send it over to Coach Duval, um, myself, and uh, my other assistant, Trey, and then we'll give them feedback on the videos. And then they also meet with our um, our head of student athlete development, Ben Rodriguez. Um, they'll do a meeting with him to do cover letter and resume since that's what his profession is, um, is helping our student athletes with that. So they'll meet with him and then make that contact. And then also what we want to do is the videos that the, our interns make, we'd like to send them to another staff and have them um, break them down and give feedback also so they can understand as they're applying for different jobs, like what I may see versus if they send their, their stuff to Kentucky, what you guys may see. Um, helping them develop in that regard and build more relationships. So yeah, Monday we've um, designated a professional development and then Wednesday, since they're not gonna be on campus, getting to see all the technology, what we're gonna do, and Aaron Duval actually, luckily my assistant, he came from Texas, he's one of the sports scientists there, so he's pretty well-versed um, on all ends of the spectrum in our field, but uh, we're gonna do like um, going over all the technology dashboards, because that's easy to pull up on Zoom, so going over whether it's like Valve, Northboard coin bar, how to break down that data, gym aware, force decks, polar, um, contact grid. He's going to pull all those different platforms up and, and he's going to teach them how to break down all that information since they're not going to be able to come on campus. So that's going to be more of Wednesday along with we're going to add in um, some different debates. So different situations they're going to run into as sport coaches like say it's with softball and like you want to do Olympic lifting with them, but the softball coach tells you, no, you can't do Olympic lifting with them. Uh, creating a, an environment that's a little bit more um, hostile. Cause I think a lot of the younger kids coming up in the field, they struggle with handling conflict. 
So we want to put them in that situation. And that's something that you can do over Zoom. So we'll kind of pin them towards one another, like, hey, what do you think? So we'll kind of go back and forth with the tech and, and some debate pieces to get them ready for that next role. And then Friday is going to be a little bit more um, program-based. So doing the, the template build out, working towards that final project, um, doing some FRC meetings with Coach Trey. And then, um, of course, as we work towards them doing their final presentation, we want to include athletic training, nutrition, sports psych towards the end of the semester. And then what we would really like to do, and this is just depending on safety and where we're at in the world, um, is that last week of the internship, if it would be allowed with administration and everything else, we'd like to bring them on campus to do some type of um, like apprenticeship. So I know I've gone to Altus out in uh, Arizona. And you go out for a week and watch training. We'd like to bring them on campus for a week, um, stay with anybody on staff. And uh, so they can actually come in the weight room and, and uh, meet everybody on campus and see the facility and things like that. So um, yeah, the last week of the internship, if we could do that, that'd be awesome. Um, but if it's not safe, of course we won't do that. Um, but if we can't bring them on campus, what we plan to do, hopefully we're all back in the weight room at that point in time, that uh, we can go through like how to set up the technology and do movements in the weight room, along with we'd like to do like a Zoom call and take them around the weight room and take them all to the to all the athletic facilities and then meet all of the performance staff um, via Zoom. So we'll kind of just do like a, a quick cribs of Mississippi State Athletics with them uh, so they can get the full uh, exposure. So that, yeah, that's a little bit of a layout of what we're gonna do. Yeah, that sounds great. You know, one thing I wrote down that I really liked was the concept of conflict. And like you said, some young strength coaches, maybe they don't necessarily avoid conflict or it makes them uncomfortable, but they don't know how to handle it in a professional setting. So um, it, maybe it's not giving in to the sport coach and their unreasonable, unreasonable demands, but hey, this is your thought process you need to go through in order to uh, make it the best scenario for yourself and the student athletes. I really like that idea. One thing I wanted to ask you, Steph, is you know, every state seems to be uh, somewhat different. So Georgia right now, their governor is starting to open, opening up gyms. What that means for the University of Georgia and Georgia Tech, I don't necessarily know, but there might be, uh, I'm just going to throw it out there, Clemson might be opening up three months before um, University of Kentucky does. And does that give uh, their athletes a little bit of, of an advantage and one thing I'm trying to think through is once we're able to open our doors to our our weight rooms obviously we're not going to be able to hop in there and go about our business as we usually would so typically at 6 a.m. during our summer we have about 50 to 60 student athletes that are training uh, amongst each other not doing the same workouts but either in the weight room or out at the track or on our turf field doing their uh, conditioning or speed and agility work. But we all start the morning together. Um, you know, if we're able to be on campus in June, I would bet we're not going to be able to have that many people in at once. And there's going to have to be some sort of cleaning protocol we put in place and limit the number of people that uh, or the equipment that our student athletes are able to use. H have you had those conversations with uh people at Mississippi State or have you thought through any of that? Yeah, I'm lucky that uh, my direct supervisor, she's been very transparent with communication to me and actually her background, she was, she was an athletic trainer. Um, so she understands from a health standpoint and safety standpoint that things are going to look different and being realistic with that. And I think with all the different states, like, um, of course, we have student athletes all over, like, certain gyms are opening up, and my kids are sending me videos, like, hey, I can get in the weight room and do this and do that, and I keep preaching to them, safety is first. The fact that the 
the weight rooms are open is awesome, but understanding that um, you're at risk in any way, shape, or form, so just be smart. I think what I've been thinking through with my uh, direct supervisor is just how we're going to bring groups in and out in the summer, of course, and like how large can the groups be, and then staffing-wise, um, making sure that I don't have my full staff in for one group of 10, and then someone is infected. Um, or has the virus, and then my whole staff is down and out in quarantine, and then we can't train all the other athletes. So being intelligent on how I staff the day out accordingly to the groups in case for some reason someone would have the virus, um, and then that strength coach is out with the rest of those 10 athletes that we can still go on and train the rest of the group. So I think just being intelligent from a staffing standpoint, and then also just getting ready for um, me to order a lot of uh, cleaning products, of course. <laughs> so getting on the front end of all that, and hopefully things are a little more stocked up um, now versus like two months ago, because I know it was a little bit crazy, but making sure that we're working ahead with that. And then I know another conversation is like, possibly will we have to create more satellite weight rooms in a sense, um, taking equipment to different spots. So, uh, just kind of thinking through all those different things. But of course, like the fall sports are gonna come first because they have to get ready to train. So understanding we need to get the volleyballs and the soccers in um, and get them ready to go. And then some of the other student athletes, of course, like if they're not in season in the fall, um, just understanding it's probably safer to start with a smaller group than bring 60 kids in all at one time. So yeah, I think, I think the biggest thing is just like change is the only constant in life. You know, things are constantly changing. You have to be able to adapt. So just understanding that things are going to be different and that's okay. You know, we just got to put plans in place. Um, just like you guys at Kentucky and Clemson um, and just make sure safety is the priority right now. Yeah. Uh, I really like the idea of a satellite weight room. So if you're not able to you know, one thing we have, our softball team has their own hitting facility. Could we bring equipment over there? So that's reducing the number of people in one common space. Uh, that's been awesome. We've been going for about 35 minutes now. I'm going to kind of turn it over to you all, see if you have any questions for each other or any questions for me, any ideas you guys want to bounce off um, each other. I'll open up the floor. So have you guys, because I know that you said that you obviously have to Zoom and do all of this virtual stuff and there's potential for interns to stay on and be in that paid intern position. Have you guys put together any guidelines or requirements of ways that you may weed someone out or is there a way that someone can stand out to you via Zoom? I, th I think that's going to be really tough and that's going to be the challenge and I'll let Dee touch on it more, but typically we're basing that decision on their performance on the floor, um, being punctual is a huge thing, making sure they're you know ahead of time with whatever time we ask them to be to the weight room. Um, so if we're having a Zoom call at 9 a.m., I guess if they're not on the call, that's, that's kind of a, a, a one standard we can hold, but I don't foresee anybody just missing a Zoom call. Um, it's usually people sleeping through alarms because uh, we were at the weight room so early in the morning during the summer. But D, I'll turn it over to you and you, you can give your thoughts. Wait, are, wait, are you going to make the Zoom call at 6 a.m.? No, we are not making the Zoom call <laughs> at 6 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, uh, just, just piggybacking off of uh, what Spurlock had said, you know, we've set some, some prior deadlines uh, with some assignments already. Um, so it's, hey, did you get those in on time? Um, did you show up on time for your Zoom meeting? I think a lot of it too is having staff meetings weekly uh, to discuss, you know, those interns, those six interns. Um, what's the right fit for the teams that we have, you know? So say one person's with me primarily with baseball and softball. 
you know, I've got to find the right fit for those teams. Spurlock's got to find the right fit for women's basketball and volleyball. So just learning personalities. I think there's going to be more, you know, conversations maybe on the, the side, just phone conversations or separate Zoom conversations with those interns um, on a weekly basis. Because normally, you know, when it comes to the 4th of July, we have an idea of those three or four people that we're going to bring on. But I think it's just going to take a little bit longer now and we're just going to have to be patient um, to make sure that we are bringing the right people on that have, you know, people that are higher character and higher integrity. Um, that's exactly so that's what I was going to say is, you know, going back to our core values and the biggest two are people of high character and integrity, but how we figure that out in a virtual setting via zoom calls, that's going to be something that we got to put our heads, the and I have to put our heads together and figure that out. Um, my other question is, have you guys as a staff kind of put together maybe an outline or a way that you will evaluate your athletes once they come to campus because there's potential that some are in a weight room, some have zero equipment, some have a field available to them, some have a driveway. Is there any way that you can kind of figure out where they're at so you have a guideline of where to start with them and how to progress? Yeah, so um, very similar to Steph, my my direct supervisor, the person over our athletic development and performance unit at Kentucky is Jim Madalino, who is also our director of sports medicine. Uh, so him and I and D has been on these conversations as well is what is our protocol when our student athletes are actually able to get on campus? What is the time frame? None of, we have nothing set yet, but uh, we're doing our research. We're talking with other schools. We are um, uh, talking amongst each other, obviously, but what does this time frame look like? You know, when they get on campus, um, going through physicals, going through whatever assessments we set in place for each team uh, and each um, each event. When we're thinking about sports like uh, track and field and cross country, um, figuring that out um, and almost thinking through. You know, after, let's say it's four weeks. They have four weeks that we are going to take them just through strength conditioning activities, obviously, obviously starting at a very low volume and intensity perspective. But after four weeks, do they have to pass some sort of, um, you know, an assessment that we deem like, hey, yes, they are, they are physically fit enough to participate in their sport in terms of being in practice or whatever that looks like. But uh, just like Steph said as well, our fall sports are going to have to take a priority because um, they, I mean, I, I'm thinking through volleyball, usually their first competition is, you know, the second or third week of August. Um, so they report, their report date is August 10th, I believe. So what is that? That doesn't give us much time to make that happen. Um, but these are all things, uh, it's a really good question, Metzger, all things we're thinking through. Um, Coach Mock, do you have anything to add? What you guys are thinking about at Mississippi State? Yeah, I think it's been interesting because I've had a lot of head coaches reaching out to me too of just like, hey, what's the plan? What do you think? Uh, and luckily, we've collected a, a good amount of objective data prior to all this occurring. Of we have a lot of their norms um, and then looking at standard deviations above and below what their norm is. So relying on some of that data going back, looking at what eight hours looked like, what did 20 hours look like, um, even looking back at volleyball, like preseason last year, what did the workloads look like for, for that time period, for those two weeks leading up to school, um, and understanding and teaching them like, hey, it can't be an abrupt spike because that's not gonna do good for anybody. So just making them, making sure they understand and talking with the sport coaches of like, hey, 
let's think through some of these processes of how we can build back into it. But I think from a, a reentry standpoint, of course, collecting and going through the same assessment protocol, I think, of course, energy system wise, like we're not going to do a full out beep test. That wouldn't make any sense, of course, but some type of submax conditioning test to get some type of idea of heart rate recovery um, using polar and trying to see where they're at from like a, a soccer and volleyball standpoint because they both use, both use polar. Um, but trying to paint the, the fullest and clearest picture of where they're at from where they're at last year at this time. So hopefully we can get them back summer too. That would be awesome. If we can't, we get them back in the beginning of August and for some reason volleyball season is pushed because I know they're, they're talking about it giving us at least like 20 to 25 days to train them prior to. Um, just less is more model thinking that through in a sense of like, hey, give us at least four hours in the weight room with them and then you guys have the other four and how we're going to um, look at practice plans and things like that. I think uh, the biggest piece for us as strength coaches is understanding and communicating with the sport coaches that like we're both pulling on the same side of the room. You know, we're not pulling against one another. I don't want to tell the sport coaches we can't practice or do this or do that because I understand we have to get ready, but hey, let's be intelligent. So at the end of SEC play for us for volleyball, um, we're not taping all our limbs back on. Um, we're peaking, more or less. Um, so we're slowly building throughout um, and things like that. But I think having a, a lot of communication with the sport coaches right now kind of helps them alleviate some stress. Um, and then also talking with your medical staff. Um, I know we just sent out like a, a newsletter to all of our student athletes, our sports psychologist, Dr. Brutus, um, she brought up a great idea. We sent out a newsletter of like a page from all the areas to send out to the student athletes of just how to handle the situation and try to not even like harp so much on the coronavirus, but bring some, some light, um, to the situation of like, Hey, summer's around the corner. So a lot of the stuff that we would preach to them in the weight room, um, whether it's like summer training, things to think about, um, sports psychology, goal setting throughout the summer, um, harping on those to create a little bit more of a normal lifestyle of like, Hey, this is where we're at this time last year. So let's go back and and rehearse on that. So we sent the newsletter out and I think it allows the student athletes to see us all as one unit too. So um, we plan to at least try to send that out, um, whether it's every month or every semester, um, just to give them some information and remember that we're here. Yeah, that's something we started doing as well at Kentucky. So great minds think alike. Um, For sure. <laughs> it's a newsletter that's put together through our life to, uh, life performance unit. And Metzger knows her, but uh, Coach Stephanie Tracy Simmons, who was a former strength coach, um, she held the role that I did, but she's now uh, uh, in the student athlete experience unit at Kentucky. And she deals more with life skills, resume building and things like that. So she sets up this newsletter where it has a section with strength conditioning, um, nutrition, um, things that they can be doing from a um, professional standpoint um, to just keep growing and developing. But like you said, it's one message. It's, it's letting our student athletes know um, that we're, we're thinking about them and gives them some, some things to keep working on um, outside of just worrying about what's going on in the world today. Um, we've been going for close to 45 minutes now, and I'm going to wrap it up. But one thing we need to talk about is Ryan Metzger used to be on our staff yes. many moons ago, many moons ago. So that was 2011 when you came in as a volunteer, correct? Yes. <laughs> and then you served in our GA role for, were we still doing a three-year program back then? I think so. Like I finished my GA December of 2014. Yeah, I think you were the last one. And I, I went through the same process as well, where our GAs were graduating in December, which stinks when you're trying to find a job, because usually jobs are popping up and 
in uh, April, May. Yeah, so I went and worked with football for like six months until I got my. It was an awesome experience. Oh yeah, great experience for you. Yeah, I liked it, but yeah, because there were no jobs in December. Absolutely not. So that's one thing that has been a big change in our program is, you know, somebody that came before Metzger um, and came really right after I did as a graduate assistant was Bridget Hamill. And Bridget couldn't finish her master's degree because she ended up getting a job. And I think it was like September. Um, So she was going to graduate in uh, December, ended up leaving early. And that just creates a a lot of headaches when you're trying to finish, finish up your master's degree remotely. Uh, so I think Metzger, you were one of the last people to uh, graduate in December, and we uh, adapted and modified to to better the experience. But then, even with uh, Coach Mock, she has mentored a couple of Kentucky interns. So we have Erica Troutman, who is at Clemson, correct? At Clemson as a, she, one of our GAs. So she was with us. I think it was summer 2018. Is that right, D? Yeah. So she did a great job for us, but I knew Steph was one of her mentors. And then even one of our GAs uh, back in the day, which was Alicia Carrillo, who was with Coach Mock at Clemson, correct? Correct. Yep. So Carrillo did a great job for us. She served in our GA role, um, just like Metzger did. But it, it's kind of cool to think about how much Metzger has grown and how proud we are of her. And then even Steph's connection to our staff with uh, Carrillo and Troutman. But with that being said, I appreciate you guys being on the podcast. I think this has been a really good conversation and will be very, it was very enlightening to me and hope it was to you all. And uh, hopefully it will be to those listening. So thank you so much for joining us. Those listening, if you have any comments or feedback for us, you can rate us wherever you listen to your podcast. And then if you have any suggestions on content you would like to hear, go ahead and shoot us an email at ukstrength at uky.edu. Thanks and go Cats.